So before we start the show today, I I have a question for y'all. Oh. So so it, this is more of a it's a fashion question. It's an ethical question. Oh. It's all the two together. So you know I got vaccinated uh, this week. I'm psyched. Mm. I'm finally going to leave the house. And of course. You know, you've got to update your wardrobe, right? Yes. So I go out and getting some new stuff, some new tops, all of that. I'm wearing it, blah, blah, blah. And Frank looks at me and he goes, you know, you look exactly like Elizabeth Holmes because <gasps> I got a black mock like turtleneck, uh, you know, short sleeve top. And my question for both of you is, is, is that a look that Elizabeth Holmes has ruined because, you know, we're all techies. We wear our hair up. Like, is that like the Hitler mustache and just no one could ever wear that again? Or is it fair game? It absolutely cannot be. I refuse to entertain this because I am looking into my open closet right now at my two black turtlenecks. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I simply, I won't let anyone put that baggage on me, Brie. And I think that you should stand up for yourself. Right. I mean, okay. On the one hand, I really don't want it to become one of those things that no one can do because it is like just, it's like a a good staple. I do feel like there is probably, I think she has ruined like a bright lipstick and um, a mock black turtleneck, which also, no, hang on. Didn't Steve Jobs do it first? (laughs) He did, but he's not, okay, but A, he's a man. So the rules are different, sadly, but we know this because we live in a patriarchal society. B, like she ruined it. Like she did. Like, I, I don't feel like she, like, I don't feel like it's one of those things you can't ever do it. I do feel like the full black thing, unfortunately, especially if you pair it with like longer, like flattened um, hair. Um, all, although hopefully like you've done better conditioning of your hair than she did of hers, which is say you did <laughs> some conditioning. Low, well, it has been a year inside. So, well, you know. I'm, I'm just saying like, <laughs> I, hopefully you did some conditioning of your hair cause she clearly never did to hers. Right. Um, and, um, like, but I do feel like with a, with like a, a pink or like a red lipstick, unfortunately, and I say this as someone who loves a, a red lip, I think that she's ruined that for, yeah. for now. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna stick by my guns and and, and bravely do this. So anyway, I'm proud I support of you, you for that. Thank you. Thank well, you. Well, hello and welcome to Rocket <laughs> Accelerated Geek Conversation. Wow, who is this episode brought to you by? It's brought to you by Technology Untangled, Squarespace, and DoorDash. I'm Simone de Rochefort. I am a video producer at Polygon. And I'm here as always with Christina Warren, Senior Cloud Advocate at Microsoft, and Brianna Wu, Executive Director of the Rebellion Pack. All three of us soon to be, or perhaps already, vaccinated human beings. Not to brag. However, I'm very happy about it, and I hope that y'all listening are also able to get those extremely Hard to get appointments, which my own publication today refer like compared to getting a PS5 because it has which, been genuinely which, that difficult. Which I'm uh, I'm just going to point it out. I was the first. I made I made. I mean, I'm not the very first person I'm sure to make that analogy, but I was making that analogy on this show and on Twitter in January. So hey, uh, well done, well so done. I just want to say, Simone, because you haven't. I mean, uh, Christina, you got yours today. Right? I did. Okay, so side effects hit me. I mean, not hard. But it was not a joke. It took about me 12, 16 hours to show up. Like, just don't, don't like plan a, don't plan a <laughs> marathon tomorrow is my suggestion to okay. you. So, and definitely don't get it in your dominant arm because Ooh. it was not a joke at all. Uh, my arm was so sore and I was stupid and I got in the arm I sleep on. Don't do that. Oh, so, oh that's interesting because that's two different things you know the dominant arm versus the arm i, I was sleep gonna on. say i was gonna say actually i didn't get it in my dominant arm but i do sleep on this i will say mine is a little sore right now but yep. i'm not i'm not concerned i don't Your care early right. days right. christina Fingers crossed warren for you. um super excited to talk more about the vaccine nitty-gritty but unfortunately there's all this silly tech news oh damn it gross uh <laughs> first up let's talk about WWDC, because it is that time again. WWDC 2021 has been confirmed. It will be, again, like last year, an online-only event uh, taking place, as usual, in June. This year, it's June 7th to June 11th. 
So what are we looking forward to? Uh, there's rumors about new phones, of course, which we've discussed on a previous show, as well as like which of the Apple computers will be getting the M1 chip next. Very exciting. Hanging over all this, though, like the sword of Damocles is the ongoing chip shortage. And as of this week, Foxconn, which manufactures like all of the things, has weighed in and said that they are now expecting delays on orders until 2022. That's kind of what they're Jesus. predicting. <laughs> this doesn't mean I'm laughing because it's terrible. I'm not laughing because yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so they're, they're saying that the company may miss around 10% of orders. They're predicting that, which is interesting because it's like at the same time, on the one hand, it's a small number in comparison to 100%. And on the other hand, it's a huge number because it's Foxconn. <laughs> and 10% is no joke. Um, so this remains an interesting situation where we potentially have some really, really exciting things to look forward to, which is what we're going to discuss today. But also, I think we're looking at probably situations similar to what we've seen with uh, PlayStations and Xboxes and with Switches uh, and <laughs> with every, and any tech product that you've tried to order since the pandemic started, um, just ongoing delays uh, and shortages of that kind. So the only thing I could see where this might be somewhat different than what we've seen with GPUs and consoles is that I don't know if the demand is going to be quite there with phones the same way because everybody has a phone and most people's phones work pretty well. Do, you, do we think that that might change things just a little bit so maybe it won't be as terrible because it's not as if you need to get a new phone every year the same way that like some people have been waiting like like seven, eight years for console? No, I think the economy is going to be supercharged. And I think I think people after a year inside, like people are going to be getting new jobs. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the Biden infrastructure plan, like $2 trillion getting pumped into the economy. Um, I actually think demand is going to be very high because of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about whether, because I remember in previous years, like trying to order phones and like getting up early and making the call. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't I don't know if that was necessarily because I was excited or because I thought that it was going to sell out. Um, but yeah, I, I think the phone buying behavior uh, I kind of agree with you, Bree, that people are very – people are doing a lot of, like, purchasing self-care right now, myself included. The first mm -hmm. thing I'm going to do after I get off this podcast <laughs> will be to finally pull the trigger on the other two Philips Hue lights that I want to buy. Right. Since as of now, my credit card bills are paid off. Um, anyway, <laughs> just little fun things of moments of joy that we're finding through consumerism in 2021. Anyway, for that reason, I think that we'll either see no change in phone buyer behavior or an increase in demand. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, I, I did want to talk about uh, for WWDC this year, and this is important, uh, AltConf announced this week that they are having, a, 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 you know, basically it's coming back. If you've never heard of AltConf, it's the uh, conference that runs uh, parallel to WWDC. So if you couldn't get a ticket to WWDC or you just want to go hang out with more developer friends, uh, AltConf is the place to go. Uh, We've done a Rocket live show there in past years, and it's looking very likely that uh, we're going to be doing a live show there uh, this year as well. So uh, the way we're thinking about doing it is it's not going to be like a one way we talk, y'all tune in. Uh, it's going to be we're going to be using it with like a clubhouse kind of technology. Like you can become a promoted speaker. We'll bring you in. It's going to be a great time. So and doing uh, little claps, little claps. I know it's going to be so much fun. So we'll probably do that uh, like the day after, uh, you know, as soon as the, the night of the keynote, I think will be the night we'll aim for. But hope all of you will be here there for that. And this is super exciting to me because I think in previous years, like I never went to California for, for AltConf. So the fact that it's online for once, <laughs> it's a benefit to me. <laughs> I'm really excited for this. Awesome. Um. All right, so back to WWDC and maybe product announcements. We are hearing rumors of potentially, or not hearing rumors, but the thinking is that 
there will be an, uh, an M1 iMac announced, as well as the larger model of the M1 MacBook Pros, the like 15 or 16 inch. What do y'all think of this? Are you excited? I am. So, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, uh, so we haven't talked about this on uh, Rocket, but I did buy an M1, uh, an M1 um, you know, MacBook. Uh, it's great. Not the Air, the, the, no, the, the Pro. The, the pro. Um, it's a great machine, but for many, many reasons, it's not. Uh, if I were doing full-time Xcode right now, it's not a machine I would find uh, sufficient for right. that. Right. Uh, it's great best macbook ever made especially the keyboard but i really feel like there's a you know apple is at this point now where they've said okay we have a unified development stack uh if you're developing for you know apple stuff you need this m1 book but there's not really a you know there's not really a desktop role for that at this point so i really think that it's uh what i want to see at wwdc is them coming out with uh you know either an m1 iMac uh, or, you know, at the very least, like this Apple uh, monitor that they've been rumored oh, for so long. Monitor. I'd love to see <gasps> something you could plug in with a nice docking station. But either way, I think the time is right for them to announce a, uh, a pro machine. Um, before I go on to other stuff I wanted, like, did, do y'all have any thoughts about that? Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. I mean, um, we talked about this before, and I've still, I haven't bought an M1 MacBook because I can't. Like, it would be great, and I know it would be a fantastic laptop. The issue is, I cannot justify, even me who buys everything, <laughs> I cannot justify spending $1,600 on a machine that has a maximum of 16 gigabytes of RAM and will not be sufficient to do what I would want to use it for. Like, if it were just a glorified uh, you know, iPad Pro sort of thing. If I could get one for a thousand dollars, maybe, right? But like the reality is, is that once taxes and Apple Care and all that's involved, I'm looking at like a sixteen hundred dollar kind of thing where I'd be going. I'm not spending that kind of money for what that is. Not to say other people shouldn't, because for them it might be perfect. For me, it's not enough. I that's why I have like the super gaming computer and I have the super iMac and that's it. But I do need a new laptop like badly. So. I'm very, very keen for them to introduce whatever they're going to be introducing, you know, with, with the more cores so we can have more RAM and and do all the things because the 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 attempts of being like, oh, but actually the RAM is fine because of the new chip. No, that's not true. And uh, for, for the stuff that I do, um, there are still some issues with with VMs and stuff that aren't quite, you know, settled for, for M1, but we're getting close enough that I could make it like, you know, my daily uh, portable. So uh, I'm very hopeful for seeing that at, at WWDC. And I think it'd be a great time for them to announce it too. Every yeah. machine that they announce, we get one step closer to a unified ecosystem of M1 products that hopefully my company, Vox mm -hmm. Media, <laughs> will purchase for me. And with yep. <laughs> every machine that is announced, more people will upgrade to, say, for example, these new larger MacBook Pros. And more to more 13-inch M1 MacBook Pros will enter the refurbishing program. And they will come to my door. <laughs> I will profit. So I am very ready <laughs> for this whole thing. Like, get over there. They, they said they got their two-year plan to get everything on M1. I want it now. I know there's a chip shortage. <laughs> I don't have time for this. I need you to go, Apple. I need, I need it now. Come on, you don't let Simone de Rochefort down. Like you deliver for her. Come it's on, like, it's Apple. like look, I understand that there is like a sand shortage because of the the weather and the droughts and and the fox suns and the TSMCs and like cry. we get. I know. I mean, look, I get all that, but also like, come on, we need our new, we need our stuff. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I, I know I'm talking all the time about how like my work MacBook Pro needs a battery recall, and now my work iMac as of today, has been behaving very poorly. And oh, no. maybe it's because I left my VPN on too long. Maybe it's because I, again, went to a sketchy Russian website to watch <laughs> film noir, and I clicked accept all cookies because I'm a fool. I what could, the, I what could it be? Why is it behaving this way? Um, I need, <laughs> I need to get there, guys. 
<laughs> okay, sorry. Um, Brie, you were going to say something else that was intelligent no, and not no, me no. whining about wanting new machines <gasps> well, that my well, work pays yeah, for. Obvi- obviously, WWDC is a developer-based conference. So I wanted to talk about kind of the state of Apple developer, uh, you know, development and uh, some of the nuts and bolts about what we need at this point. Um, you know, uh, so I was looking at Apple Arcade, and I, I've complained about this in the past, but it's more true than it's ever been, that, you know, due to this showdown between Apple and Epic, um, you know, if you play, you know, now that the M1 Mac particularly is locked to you know, basically games that come out in the iOS store. Um, I invite you to go play games on Apple Arcade. And it's all this low-poly, 3D, hyper-cartoony, silly look that's like computationally trivial, right? Like download any game on Apple Arcade. Uh, So Spire Tower, uh, you know, the food fight game, it, it's all this exact same look. Um, you know, Apple's uh, fight with Epic has has really gotten to a point where, uh, you know, they're really not even shipping Unity games uh, for Apple stuff at this point. So I think Apple has made decisions that really back it into the corner that it's saying, um, you know, we really want you, if you're developing stuff for Apple, to use Xcode. And one of the things I would like to see from WWDC this year is for Xcode to come out with some real visual game development tools, like a sophisticated level editor that you might get in you know, something like Unity or Unreal. Um, they're, they're really they're kind of forcing you to use this tool. And I think it's time that they like invested in, in a modern pipeline to get it done. Because like, I don't know if you've all have tried to do this with Xcode before. It's not a great experience. And I, I want to see them commit to that. Um, I also just want to remind you, like we haven't really heard anything about Apple's AR plans for a long time and one of the secrets of of every wwdc is you see them like chipping away at the different apis that will make that work so um i was thinking about this that apple's strategy to kind of make up for the facts that Macs don't have uh, powerful GPUs was for several years to get you to do eGPUs. Um, and if you look at that documentation, uh, this implementation from Apple has really stalled in a surprising way. Like they've stopped adding um, modern GPUs uh, really to the things that they aggressively support. Um, you know, for me, uh, if you look at like the lists of uh, the most recommended uh, GPUs to use in an eGPU setup, it's still like the Vega 64 huh. that I've got in my iMac Pro, which is this kind of aged, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's, it's an older piece of tech. So, um, you know, I think this is, it all comes together, but what I want to see from Apple at WWDC is building on this unified development stack and, and just acknowledging the reality that, okay, Apple, you made a choice. All of us have to kind of use your tools. We have to use your hardware, uh, and you're not aggressively supporting anything else. So, uh, if they want this to be the best software in the world, I want to see them really bring some next gen- some tools that are commensurate with other professional apps in this field. Does that make sense at all to y'all? No, it makes sense to me. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I don't necessarily expect that, but I would definitely like to see that. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I think it would require a bigger overhaul than than what the more kind of iterative things we've seen. But I would certainly welcome um, yeah. that for sure. I mean, I'm happy to just see progress in that direction. I mean, do you remember when we only had Sprite Kit mm-hmm. a few years yeah. ago? And it's 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 much better today. So I just want to see them continue moving in that direction. Yeah, no, I agree with that. The only thing only thing I'll say is is that obviously I think having stuff built into Xcode is good, but I will say this: I think it's actually bad for the platform, both Mac and iOS, and unified, however you want to call it. I, I think it's actually bad for the Apple ecosystem to have everything tied and led and like uh in reinforced by xcode i think that actually having the other tooling opportunities out there is really good and the only thing i would say is that if i want to see the improvements come to xcode 
and and come to their own APIs, but I also want them to continue making those APIs available to other tools because I think that that's how your ecosystem gets better. It shouldn't just be top down. You should have partners and and other people in your ecosystem who can contribute to it as well. So that's that's my only, uh, and it's not even a disagreement. Just just the only point I would make there. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of that. Hey, if you listener are an Apple developer. I think this sounds like a great place for you to weigh in and tell us if you if you want to see that and what you would like to see, like from a pure developer perspective, because I know like I come at it from a very consumer perspective where I want my toys. Um, But you, Brie, are speaking as a developer, of course, uh, and have a totally like a very in-depth perspective on that. So I'm curious if other people feel the same way. Now, hey, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Technology Untangled. Uh, Technology Untangled is a tech podcast, much like us. <laughs> Except instead of th- three incredible women, there is a very beautiful voiced English man. <laughs> um, but that's not the point. Sorry, let me back up. Okay. I listen to a lot of podcasts and finding a new show can be very, very challenging um and getting into a new show can also be very challenging especially if there's like a lot of lore built up uh i recently listened to technology untangled which is hosted by michael bird it is a show that deciphers tech's rapid evolutions with one simple question in mind what is really going on to shape our future and what's going to end up in the bargain bin with the floppy disk uh, I really, really enjoyed the episode that I listened to. So I went through the backlog and I found an episode on sustainability, which of course like piqued my interest because that that's, I think something we don't, kn- like I don't have an expert opinion on that on this show. I'm just like, boy, I wish we had more of it. So I was curious to hear from people like involved in different fields of tech, like what can be done and what is being done to make tech more sustainable. Um, and Michael Bird, the man with a really beautiful, soothing voice, um, interviews a few different people who work in different fields just about different topics of sustainability. And one of the ones that I found very interesting was about uh, basically corporate sustainability and how corporations can most effectively update their IT infrastructures to be sustainable. And like one of the answers to that was just not letting, not letting the financial side of it get in the way because a lot of corporations will be like, "Mm, it's not on the timeline to upgrade yet. We don't have, we need, we can get five more years out of this when that's not energy efficient and being energy efficient is one of the biggest ways that especially large corporations can remain sustainable. I learned that. I learned a thing. (laughs) We love to see it. Okay. Past guests include people from Google, from Sainsbury's, uh, Aston Martin, Red Bull Racing, Brie, Nokia, Goonhilly Earth Station, the New York Times, and Nokia. And to give you an idea of episode topics, you can expect a deep dive into 5G, which entangles the who, what, whys, and hows of 5G and what it means for you. Uh, how supercomputers are helping us with the fight against COVID by sifting through billions of molecules to look for drugs to repurpose, along with AI and the future of jobs. And episodes on energy innovation and missions to Mars. So you're spoiled for choice. There's a lot to go through. Um, But not so much that you will be incredibly, like, uh, what's it called? Intimidated by the backlog. There's enough, but there's not like 500 of them. So it's okay. (laughs) Uh, You can search for Technology Untangled anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we'll include a link in the show notes as well. So thank you, Technology Untangled, for their support of this show and Relay FM. He really does have a nice voice. I shouldn't have led with that. It's not professional. But the minute I turned it on, I was like, dang, I'll listen to you. Talk to me. Talk to me about sustainability. In in fairness, Simone, I don't think that people should sponsor our show if they expect things to be professional. I'm just saying. Good point. All right. Well, speaking of being professional online. uh, (laughs) Actually, that's a really good segue. Thank you. In response 
to the big union vote that's happening at an Alabama Amazon facility, which as of recording, we don't know the results yet, um, unless something has changed in the last hour. Um, Amazon decided to get a little frisky on Twitter. And more specifically, Jeff Bezos was like, gosh, all these politicians and people are just saying things which I deem to be untrue about Amazon and our policies. I wish that our execs would speak back a little more strongly to people like Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren who are criticizing my company. This is not a direct quote from Jeff Bezos. I'm not a representative of Jeff Bezos. I've never met him. I've never heard him speak, probably. (laughs) So, allegations. Anyway, lo and behold, Amazon execs and official accounts began speaking back and more on Twitter, uh, confusing everyone, amusing everyone, throwing everything into disarray. Uh, Not only did Amazon executive Clark take pot shots at Bernie Sanders, most bedazzlingly, the verified Amazon news Twitter got into it with representative Mark Pocan and with Elizabeth Warren in a tone that made me want to crawl under a rock and die. Um, and Amazon's Twitter ambassadors, uh, which are Amazon employees, uh, that this program started in 2019. They created an ambassador account for different facilities. Um, these accounts also got in the game. Um, and The Intercept this week released the uh, document, a document, an Amazon document, detailing the creation of this program and like the rules for these ambassador accounts. Um, <laughs> that That's kind of a separate issue. The larger issue, what's happening this week is people are getting frisky online and it is both amusing me and making me want to die. Yeah. So I, so I, I don't know why, and, and I don't know how, for how long it's, it's clearly been years, but the, the Amazon news account follows me on Twitter. Ooh. And so <laughs> I sent them a DM that just said, you okay? Got no response. So, oh my gosh! But but, but but I did actually like. Apparently, like in in, in Jason Del Rey's story on on um Vox, he like mentioned that like I, I guess people filed um like internal bug reports because they thought that the account might have been compromised. It clearly wasn't, but site reliability engineers were like, "This doesn't seem to be stuff that the account would normally say." are we sure everything's good? And then, you know, like the tickets were closed with without any addition or whatever, because clearly this was by design. But like, what are you doing? Honestly, this is so dumb. It was so, the tone that, so Representative Pokin had tweeted about uh, uh, allegations of just like things that happened to workers at uh, delivery facilities and mentioned the, peeing in bottles rumor Mm -hmm. and the account replies you don't really believe the thing about peeing in (laughs) bottles do you i mean all that did was just invite exactly what happened happened. so many memes (laughs) not just memes but but that also invited actual reporting where you had like um the intercept got like copies of emails that were sent by um various facilities to drivers now these drivers are usually not employed by amazon they're usually employed by like a you know a vendor company or whatever but regardless like you know basically they were able to show receipts of, of the fact that there have been emails that have gone out for people being like do not leave bottles of urine in your car and if you have and like there was another one where there was apparently like human feces like left in a bag that was then tracked and brought into a warehouse and they were like do not do that you know like we understand that it's hard for people to find restrooms on these things with covid and this and this and this but but don't do this stuff so like the thing is this is not even like this is one of those things where you responding to it, A, creates the memes and the Streisand effect of just drawing more attention to the fact that people are talking about the fact that, like, people are so concerned about making their delivery times that they are peeing in bottles, which is horrific. But B, it also just enforces, like, more people to be like, no, actually, this stuff is in writing and people are warned about this and this is a known thing. Like, yeah, the receipts were there. Why are you tweeting about it? So I want to be honest. I, 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 I feel like there's been a dark new PR playbook that has been born of the the Trump era, which is to go fully obnoxiously, unapologetically on offense. And I feel yeah, like that yeah. is. Exi- I, I would say I, 
I would say that it's not just Trump. I would say I would really say this is the Elon playbook. Yeah, mm. well, that's my point. It's been popularized. It's it's not just Trump. I mean, we're recording this on what day is it? Wednesday, and yeah, just last night the the Matt Gates uh, sex trafficking thing came out. He went full bluster, the exact same thing, just going fully aggressive, making a crazy appearance on Tucker Carlson, and it's what I found so notable about it wasn't the the bluster. It was the fact that um, it's so familiar, right? And I feel like this is the new playbook if you're caught doing some truly evil shit, is to just turn into an entertainment spectacle. And I feel like that's exactly what Amazon is doing. Um, and I feel like, sadly, to a point, it 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 worked, um, at least in the 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 circles I run in, you know, we were talking a lot about the the unionization vote and Amazon's kind of sleazy tactics uh, for union busting there. Tactics that I personally find sleazy, in my opinion, to be clear. Um, and you know, then we're talking about, is it true or is it not true that delivery drivers pee in bottles, which is, let's be honest, it's more entertainment than rights, you know, and I just, it's, it's I discouraging. Think that's true, but I also think that in some circles, the union vote wasn't being talked about at all. I agree. And that having this like kind of cluster could bring more attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would also say that although there's like a certain meme aspect of the peen and bottles thing, I actually think that that draws attention to a very pointed and important discussion about like the conditions of workers within the Amazon ecosystem. And that that does, I think, very clearly kind of go against, you know, their, in my opinion, union busting te- techniques of saying, oh, well, we pay $15 an hour and this and this and this. And it's like, okay, well, who cares if your conditions are such that you can't even find time to go to the bathroom, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like I agree with what you're saying that I think that it, it you know, maybe – takes away from like the main message but i also feel like at least that particular scenario i think it just reinforced things i mean i I will say that maybe it got people talking more about like amazon being crazy on twitter more than about like the vote in alabama but i also feel like a lot of the discussion did end up getting was very targeted on the fact that this is this is a labor um a much like deeper and more nuanced labor discussion than I definitely agree with your broader point though about this being like the dark new playbook yeah, of, I agree. of corporate accounts. Um because yeah, I think you're spot on about that. It's it it becomes a sort of a loudness competition, as yep. it were, on social media of like who can who can yell the most about being right or having been wronged. Um <laughs> and mm-hmm. in this case <laughs> course it's amazon's team of lovely ambassadors who are yeah no i mean i i think that's a scary thing to look at right like it's and 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 i think that maybe in this case it didn't work as well as they would have wanted to because they are so clearly in power and are so clearly like they're not facebook level hated because uh they're just not for a lot of reasons but um i think that in general this notion of just going like very deeply on the offense and just trying to tweet through it is concerning because in many cases it does work because we're just not expecting that. Yeah. Yeah. I think with a more compelling, like if, if they were a more compelling protagonist in this case, it could work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think the, uh, when, when the conversation is about peeing in bottles, point blank, it's, uh, and there's documentation that it that there were bathroom problems being had. Ugh, sorry, you're not the protagonist. You're not a compelling protagonist in this scenario. Right. No, but, but but to the point. I mean, and 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 to be clear, this scenario I'm about to bring up, I do believe that he was the victim here, 100. But you know, Bezos famously like posted a medium post when um, the National Enquirer was trying to extort mm-hmm. him. And like put everything out there, but that's from this playbook, right? Like he didn't do. The oh normal God, you're thing. right, and that worked so well, and that worked perfectly, right? I mean, and in like that case, I am, I, do, I I agree with him in that case. I do too, I do too. But I mean, I think to Bree's point, I think this is what we're seeing, and this is, you know, I'm I'm, I'm going to um, uh, assign it more to Elon than I am to, to Trump, although there are some overlap there. But uh, yeah, but I mean, it worked for him brilliantly with the um, National Enquirer thing. Like, nobody even talked about any of the 
like the scandal element was completely disrupted by the fact that he went direct with it. And then it became wow, a completely it is different so conversation. interesting to view this in, in light of that, because I had not made that connection, but you are it just so occurred to me. spot on. Yeah, in, in thinking that, I mean, he, what they were saying, what um, Barricode is reporting is that he was the person who was like, I wish that we were pushing back on this a little more. And I can totally see that making sense in light of how well that worked when it was him as an individual Mm -hmm. having his privacy violated by the National Enquirer. Absolutely, 100%. And I'm sure that he as a person does feel very personally attached to his company. And like as much as I do, as much as I think Amazon is net harmful and uh, I do not like it and I do not think anyone should be a billionaire, I believe also that Jeff Bezos as a human being probably does feel, you know, on a personal and emotional level, like attacked when his company is attacked. So I can totally see that tactic in, in, in that like kind of ask of the executives making sense. I mean, you know, and I think it's, I Like, I I personally, I don't mind saying this. I voted for Elizabeth Warren in the primary. I live in Massachusetts. She's my senator. I've been to a million Democratic events. I've seen her in person. And, you know, I, I've seen a lot, of, a lot of politicians at this point. And to me, she's someone I, I deeply respect. And it is so jarring and disgusting like my first instinct is it's jarring and disgusting to see her in like a a twitter fight (laughs) with Mm -hmm. amazon it's like how much lower can american politics go but then i think about like you know the the house of lords sessions that they have (laughs) once a week where they're they're screaming at each other and you know maybe I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's kind of good in a way that we're we're not doing this and I say like you know formal speech thing and we're just getting real on Twitter and having a real discussion about how how you know essy this is. You know? I wish it weren't happening on Twitter. However, I do agree broadly. Getting real is great. <laughs> getting real is great. Uh, it happening on Twitter and it being like the faceless. Amazon news account, which uh, that was honestly, so that tweet annoyed me. Um, Elizabeth Warren had made a tweet saying something along the lines of like, we should introduce more regulation to Amazon and then you won't be able to spend time making snarky comebacks to representatives online. And the Amazon news account quote tweeted that and did this like what I read as a completely disingenuous like bully on Twitter thing being like, this is incredible. A United States representative is talking about <laughs> silencing an American business online because of mean things said about her. And it's like, okay, come on, calm down. You right. know that's not what was literally happening. Right. Don't don't pull this like it's that whole um what's that Patricia oh Lockwood heavens. tweet where yeah. like she gently nudges her cat out of the way with her foot and then it's the cat going, You kick me at you kick her so rude like a football? <laughs> it's exactly like that. Like, I'm Amazon, I have a billion dollars. <gasps> oh, you say you will regulate me? No. How dare you? I'm the victim. <laughs> anyway, I was annoyed by it. <laughs> I love to hear this like brutal <laughs> silence after. No, no. I mean, I agree. No, no, no. I agree with you. I'm just, I'm, if I'm being honest from, I think the politicians are posturing and are doing what politicians do. And I think that what they do is performative. I think that the Amazon response was performative and stupid, but I was a lot more bothered by responding with like the, you know, some, some of the, the anti-union clearly stuff and, and, and responding to, to the congressman being like, oh, you don't really believe that story. Do you like mm-hmm. that? That bothered me a lot more than, than the quote tweets, to be honest, because I, I also, and I'm a fan of Elizabeth Warren, but I feel like that stuff's performative too. And like, Yo, I'm not gonna, politics. I don't, I don't feel like anybody is a victim in well, any that's of this. The thing. I feel like it's definitely performative and that's why their response was so ridiculous. Cause like you could take that one way, you could take it and 
be like, okay, bring it on. I'll see you in court, Elizabeth Warren, and not be like, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm being attacked no, online. No, I agree. No, it was it was completely disingenuous and a stupid thing and, and like, easy to, to jump on. I'm just personally saying, like, in this case, like, there were no heroes in any of this except for us as, like, the audience who was watching, you know, like, a trillion-dollar company tweet poorly. <laughs> Yeah, bad week on Twitter overall. All right, folks. What this is episode it not of Rocket. A bad week on Twitter. Sorry. That's no, that you're right, and you should say it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Maybe you want to create a portfolio. Maybe you want to create a blog. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. You don't got to worry about any of that stuff. Squarespace has it covered. They also have award-winning 24-7 customer support if you need any help along the way. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. And all of their award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great ideas. I think it's a right dandy service. And I have always enjoyed my experiences building websites on Squarespace. And if I ever, for the love of goodness, get my Hemingway podcast idea going, you know... You know where I'm going to be turning. I'm going to be going to Squarespace. And I'm going to be making a beautiful website to post blogs about Ernest Hemingway. And that's going to be my thing. And Squarespace supports me in that. To be clear, they don't know about that plan. But I imagine they would because they have, as I said, 24-7 customer support. So I I think they'll be supporting me all right. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com slash rocket. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain and show your support for us here at Rocket. Once again, that is squarespace.com slash rocket and the code rocket to get 10% off your first purchase. We thank Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Yeah, that's how it goes. That's how it goes, baby. <laughs> all right. An amazing and long awaited trailer came out today, Wednesday. March 31st. It's the trailer for Zola, which is the A24 film based on a legendary Twitter thread. The the Twitter thread. The Twitter thread of all time uh, detailing a trip to Florida gone wrong for two strippers uh, and various horrible men who plague them. Um, This is being adapted. It's being directed by Janiska Bravo and uh, starring oh people whose names I should have looked up. The only one I can remember is Nicholas Braun from Succession. I'm sorry, I'm the problem. Um, I'm gonna just get that real quick. Um, but the trailer dropped. It looks incredible. This movie was actually uh, played at Sundance last year, so like some early critic reviews are out. And it's good. I haven't seen it, but Matt Patches, who works for Polygon, saw it, and he loved it, and he's been waiting for it to come out for over a year now. Give me your thoughts, folks. I am so excited. Like, I I am so, so excited. Sorry, go on, Brie. No, no, no. You have your joy. I don't want to crush it. Go ahead. No, go ahead and crush it because I because I'm, I'm very happy to 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 come up after. Like, go 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 ahead and go ahead and crush it. So I don't want to uh, look. I just how can I put this? Do you remember the the meme video that came out for a while? It was a uh, epic bus man or whatever his name was about the the white supremacist on the bus that picked a fight. Do you remember that? 
No, I don't. No. Epic Beard Man. Epic Beard Man. Yet Amber Lamps, the the girl with the headphones, and she's watching it, and like this senior citizen basically beats this guy up on a bus, and then it turns oh, out he's like no. a white supremacist and all that. Uh, anyway, so it was this huge meme, and then they turned it into like a uh, a, a comedy movie with like you know reputable actors, and you know the whole thing. It was like when I heard they were making the movie, I was like, ah, that's hilarious. That's going to be awesome they're turning one of my favorite like memes into a whole film and then you watch the film and it just couldn't live up to the original craziness of the vision and that's just the vibe i'm getting here i mean it's like you said christina it's not a twitter thread it's the twitter thread and i just it's just something out seeing it in real life i i just I, I don't believe. I don't believe. Okay. All right. So I, I hear I hear your like hesitancy and I will concede that maybe it isn't possible for it to live up to the epicness that was that thread. However, I actually went back and reread that thread again and it was crazy and it was great. And I was like, even if it's half as good as that. I feel like this is going to be just an amazing movie to watch. Is it going to be like a stunning like work of film? No, of course not. But like, I'm a big fan of Spring Breakers. I don't care how problematic everyone involved in that film is. I don't care. I don't care. Don't like, don't at me. (laughs) Not my problem. Um, Like I didn't make the movie, but I very much liked it. That was also an A24 film. And um, big fan of Spring Breakers. This looks like this is just going to be riotous, like fun. Like I'm just, I'm here for this. Mm -hmm. And the reviews have all been really good. And um, I'm like just very, very here for this. I think also uh, a cool thing about this is that the director uh, is a black woman. Mm -hmm. And like this is the story. The Twitter thread was originally created by a black woman. And they did like talk to the original tweeter um, and like got her full story. And I think they also talked to the other woman, uh, the like... Jessica. Yeah, the problem, the problem character who kind of sets Uh off the whole horrible trip um, and got her conflicting uh, series of events. So there's like a lot to unravel there. Uh, And also Jeremy O. Harris, who is an amazing playwright. He wrote Slave Play. He is a co-writer on this. So there's just like a lot of really smart people involved. Yeah, Coleman Domingo is in it, and I'm a big fan of his. Nicholas Braun, who is um, in Succession, um, he's like the, the, the nephew in Succession. He's in it. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm very excited if it's, if it's half as good, I think it'll have been like a worthwhile thing to see. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm to me, I'm usually I, I kind of I know I totally understand where Brie is coming from. And like usually the great, like pure internet things are ruined when they try to make the leap to a different medium. But I like this was the sort of thing, like the sort of story that was so bananas. Like it was made more bananas by the fact that it was on Twitter, but it was so bananas that it would actually, to me, I think be like compelling, even if you didn't know that it started from a Twitter thread. So I, my, my fingers are crossed. I hope that it's going to be good. Very excited. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. Well, you're going to watch it though, right? Like that's. Oh yeah, of course. Okay. Okay. See, well then there we go. Even if it's terrible, we still have content we can talk about. I just I pulled up the Polygon review just so I could put it in the show notes. I scrolled down to the comments and the first comment is me saying I need it. <laughs> this is from February 2020. Oh, I didn't even know that we'd have a lockdown then. Oh, memories. Oh, poor, poor, Aww. like past Simone. You yeah. had no idea what the, what the next 14 months were going to do to you. Also, now I'm mad at Matt Patches because that definitely means his last work trip was Sundance which is cool for him. Yeah. I would love to go to Sundance. Anyway, wow. That brings us to a moment where I tell you that this episode of Rocket is brought to you by DoorDash. Folks, have you been in this situation before? You want Chinese food. They want pizza. The other one is craving Froyo. Wow. This is a problem, except it's not anymore because there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you with the restaurants that you love right now and right to your door. And you can get the grocery essentials you need with DoorDash as well. Get drinks and snacks, other household items delivered in under an hour. Ordering is simple. 
Just open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, um, boom, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. I know y'all are big fans of the Dash, the D-Dash, oh, yeah. the DoorDash. Oh, oh huge. Yeah. If Tell me about your experience. So I actually ordered... Um, wendy's from them at midnight oh wow power like genuinely like yeah i got i got a frosty and some nuggets and a baconator like at midnight last night okay i recognize that what you're telling me is really useful information however it's making me so hungry then now i'm angry with you (laughs) get yourself get yourself some fast food delivered i also um i I have something even more shameful by the way than that really this is i'm also not ashamed but please (laughs) okay so frank you know this this uh the the vaccine special like you get vaccinated you get a donut with crispy crispy cream i do we don't have crispy cream here in boston uh right you're a duncan Duncan. right so <laughs> we're sitting here and we feel like crap from all the side effects. And Frank's like, uh, but I was promised a donut. Only a donut will make me feel better. And I actually paid to have a donut door to house. <laughs> I, love it. I paid an absurd amount for it. But it was worth it. It was worth Neither it. of you Frank- should be ashamed of that. I think that you both made really good decisions. I didn't eat. I don't eat donuts. But oh, yeah. Did. No, yeah. I, I have actually DoorDashed Krispy Kreme before. See, okay. And Simone can, can attest to this because it's blasphemy. But like Dunkin' Donuts does not exist in Washington State. It's I mean, messed up. Because I'm from Washington State, you know I'm a Krispy Kreme gal. I mean, I, and, and, I'm not uh, well, Team Dunkin', just to be clear. I think it's I'm not crap. either. Okay. I, I mean, Team yeah. Dunkin' has better coffee. Krispy uh, Kreme has better donuts. But, like, I'm just saying, like, we don't even have the option to have a Dunkin'. It's weird for me to live someplace where there's not a Dunkin' Donuts every 60 feet is That's all I'm saying. That's true. That's very okay. true. Okay. So, but I have actually ordered DoorDash before to get, like, Krispy Kreme delivered. It's been a few months, but I've done that. So, <sighs> Bree, I, I respect you getting the Dunkin' delivered, and I'm glad that Frank got his donut. <laughs> None of us are above it. Wow. For a limited time, our listeners can also get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code ROCKET. That is 25% off, up to $10 value, and zero delivery fees on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code ROCKET2021. Don't forget that's code Rocket twenty twenty one for that two zero two one Rocket two zero two one for twenty five percent off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Our thanks to DoorDash for their support of this show and Relay FM. Honestly, for some reason, it's just making me want Shake Shack. Like that's you the should, feeling that I'm having. Oh no! Yeah, you should totally just order yourself some Shake Shack. Get it delivered right now so cheap i gotta buy phillips hue lights okay (laughs) wow uh listen i also have a little cross promo for you guys okay so we as you know we're doing our little relay fm network cross promos and this week i want to tell you about a show called roboism roboism is a show by alex cox and kathy campbell that explores how artificial intelligence machine learning and digital assistants are affecting our culture that is very exciting to me i care about the culture (laughs) explore the humanity behind the bots that are quickly becoming part of our everyday life at relay.fm slash roboism or search roboism wherever you get your podcasts and i'm saying it weird because i'm trying to make sure y'all know what i'm spelling roboism is how i would you know slur it in my normal way roboism is how i'm telling you to search for it uh that's very exciting so go check it out now I would love to talk about what we're doing this week. Brianna, let's start with you. 
All right. So uh, I am working on a ton of awesome uh, car projects because I'm about to be vaccinated, right? I'm getting ready for my fun summer, right? We're going to have a fun vaccinated summer. It's going to be a sexy, sexy summer. It's going to be amazing. So uh, I love my 986 Boxster. It's my favorite Porsche that I have even though it's like the cheapest car I have, uh, you could go get one for $6,000 if you wanted. Mine's a little bit better an example, but it's a cheap car. I love everything about my cool summer convertible. And like summer is when you drive this thing, right? Because there's no better feeling than being, you know, going down to Fenway and watching the Red Sox and you've got the top down as you're going or going to the, you know, going out to Cape Cod or something like that, like, or going to Laconia in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. So, but my one complaint with it is the seats are absolute garbage. They are trash in this car. So I found out that you can actually put the 987 seats. This is the successor to the Boxster. The, The rails fit on the same way. So I literally bought some 987 seats and I cracked open all the electronics to like bypass all the cam bus inside of it. So if you see me this weekend, I'm going to have like a <laughs> soldering iron inside of my seats. So I'm going to be like red to red, green to green, you know, like, like rewiring these seats to work with the 986 Boxster. And I'm going to have it. And then I'll have a beautiful $6,000 Porsche that I can take on road trips. I could drive down to Florida and it will just be comfortable. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Yes. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited for you to be able to be cruising in the sun. Yes. Without a mask because I've been vaccinated. Well, yeah, when you're in the car. I mean, yeah. So it'll be good. Oh, I'm so happy for you. Uh, Christina, top that. Go ahead. Okay. Go on. So, Try so I don't think I can talk top that, to be honest, because I think that that sounds amazing. But I will say that Charles Tan... Uh, sent me an amazing keyboard. Um, he oh. sent me the KBD um, Light um, 67. And this is amazing because apparently this was in the works before he even knew that I wanted to get into uh, KBD 67 Light. That's it. Before he even knew that I wanted to get into like building my own keyboard. And this is a great one because the soldering has already been done, but the rest of the stuff is all stuff like that I'll um, like need to do myself. And um, I'm really excited. I'm going to build that. And that's what I'm going to be doing this week is, is finishing up my, my build of this keyboard, which I'm so, so, so excited to do and to show off. And he got me a white keycap set without even knowing about white lightning. So this whole thing is just, it's going to go great with my new computer. And I will have like photos and stuff of all of this up and we'll talk about it in depth next week. He is the um, best friend. He really he is, is. We don't deserve Charles, Tan. He No, we don't deserve Charles. And here's the thing, other than maybe like, 3080 graphics cards, which are now worth more than gold, <laughs> getting um, keyboard parts for like mechanical keyboard stuff is more difficult than getting computer parts. Like it is like the ultimate flex. So thank you, Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, self-care through purchasing. Um, this week, I'm going to stop recording this podcast and then I'm going to open my other laptop and I'm going to navigate to a website where I will click purchase on two new <laughs> Philips Hue lights, <laughs> which I'm going to put in my living room. And then maybe I'll finally be happy. Um, it's going to rule, first of all. So because I have in there the play lights behind the TV. Um, and then I have like a standing lamp that is a it's a bellows lamp. So it's got three lights and those bulbs are still good. So I haven't swapped them out for colorful lights yet. And then there's the overhead lights, which are just trash. I don't know why I even bother. So having the balance of good lights, like I either have to have only the play lights on right now or nothing. <laughs> like the, and then and it's they're very bright on their own, but it means that only behind the TV is lit. So for a TV watching situation, great. For my general living room ambiance, can be improved. So I'm getting a uh, little table light, which I'm going to shine onto my bookshelf, and then another uh, light that can be wireless. Um, and that I'm going to put on top of my hutch. Uh, I realize you all probably have no internal geography for my living room. However, I do beg you to consider that this means that four points of it will be lit. And I think that that will make it bright enough, but also colorful enough 
me to like read a book in there or just chill on my laptop without it being like overwhelmingly dark except for the blue light shining directly into my eyeballs. So very excited for this. I've been waiting because I was like, no, I should I should make sure like my February cards are paid off. We're going to be financially responsible about this. And then it became my own little marshmallow test where I was like, I really, really want this. I should just do it. And then I was like, no, Simone, you only have two days left to go. Just wait. Show your strength in this way. And I did show my strength. And now I'm ready to go. (laughs) So by Monday, and certainly by next podcast, I will be a woman with two more lights in her home. And I'm proud of that. I think, you know, it's like uh, the Razor April Fool's Day joke. Uh, at least I really, I, I want to believe it's an April Fool's Day joke. It was them uh, bringing their RGB chroma product, but in hair dye. <laughs> so they're like, you can change your hair color to whatever. And that's just the way I increasingly see you. Like, like that's 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 the future you're moving towards. Is my I agree with this. You. I'm- yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I want to like I want like a new Simone like aesthetic. Oh, you know what? Like in you obviously love your Squarespace website and you love like doing that. But I feel like this could be your new kind of customization thing. Mm-hmm. You know, the way you used to always like rebuild your website, like you could just like rebuild like your your lighting. Um, My theme. whole home. Yeah, I think you're 100 percent right about that. My ideal right now is to be able to move through my space without having any of the overhead lights turned on. Cause I have like the LEDs in the kitchen. I've got the, I've got lights almost everywhere now. <laughs> we're, we're so close to Nirvana. Um, okay. Wow. Where can I find you online, Christina Warren? You can find me at film underscore girl on the Twitters and the Instagrams. You can find the videos I do at work at youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And like I said, there will soon be some sort of least Instagram content. I don't know. I might do something more of me building the keyboard. So stay tuned to those things. Exciting. Brianna, what about you? You know, it's Brianna Wu on the Twitter machine. I do know. Thank you. And you can find me on the Twitter machine at Doom Quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon, uh, where the videos live. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. I hope you enjoyed it. How will I know? Oh, no, uh, I won't unless you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be real cool of you to do. Thank you so much. This episode of Rocket is terminated. 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 Boom.